In Exodus 33, verse 14, the Lord said this. Exodus 33, 14. He said, my presence shall go with you. And I will give you rest. My presence shall go with you. And I will give you rest. We've talked this week about the rest of faith. And the rest of God. And about how when you believe, you enter into rest. Amen. And how that if we're struggling to get something, that shows we don't believe we've got it. And when you get in faith, you believe you've received. You believe you've got the thing that you've been desiring. You've got to, by faith, believe you've got it according to the Word of God before you ever see it or feel it. And so you're resting in it. We read in the Scriptures where in Hebrews 4, he said, to, uh, those that have entered into that rest, they've ceased from their own labors. They've ceased from their own works and from their own strivings. You know, over in uh, 1 Corinthians, the Lord said uh, through Paul, He said, uh, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches. Actually, those words, uh, author, and what have you, are in italics added by the translators. Really, just literally, it says, God is not in confusion. He's not in confusion. And of course, Sam, we understand he's not the cause of confusion. He's not the uh, source of confusion. And when there's confusion manifested, well, that's not God. Is that right? Consternation, anxiety, confusion. That's not God. When God's spirit and God's presence is manifested, what is there? Peace. Amen? Peace. And the stronger his spirit's manifested, then the stronger the peace. Amen? And here's what we need to understand relative to healing. That when we say we sense the peace of God, we sense the presence of God, that is the anointing. That is healing power. Amen. There's healing in the peace of God. If you're resting in His Word, resting in the finished and accomplished work of Jesus Christ, resting in the fact that He took your infirmities, He bore your sicknesses, He carried your pains, by stripes you're healed... That's not something he said he's going to do. Amen. That's something he's done. Is that right? Just like our, our, the first part of our salvation. He didn't say he's going to take care of our sins. He's going to save us. No, he saved us. He's paid the price for our sins. And we're resting in that finished work that we are saved. Is that right? And the same thing is true concerning our healing. We just must rest in the finished work of salvation and healing. Amen. But you see, when we're sensing the peace of God, we're sensing the Spirit of God. We're sensing the power of God. We're sensing the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. There's healing in the peace of God. But when we're upset, we're anxious, fretful, fearful, well, we're not in the manifest presence of God. 
we're in the manifest presence of confusion. That's not the right spirit. Right? Fear is the presence of the enemy. When you sense fear, you know, how many know the fear is a tangible thing? I mean, you can, have, you can actually have goosebumps. You can have your hair stand up on the back of your neck. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a real presence. Is that right? Of fear. When you, you can be so afraid, it's, it's a real presence. And that what this Bible said, that God did not give us the spirit of fear. Is that right? We don't have to have that. Amen. What do we have instead of fear? Amen. That's right. But another, another way, of, uh, another way of, of saying that is that we have peace. We have the presence of God with us. And he said, I'll go with you and my presence will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Rest. Amen. You know, there's nothing worth forfeiting your peace. Is that right? Nothing. You know, it's a joy to bask in the presence of the Lord. You know, we live in a world where it moves so fast, and so loud and, and so distracting. People think they have to have something going to entertain them or to occupy them. But man, you get in the manifest presence of God, you don't have to have anything. You don't have to have... You don't have to see anything or hear anything or have anybody entertain you. I mean, you can be entertained just sitting in a chair by yourself. Amen. Just sensing the peace of God. You don't need any alcohol. You don't need any drugs. You don't need to do something crazy to get some excitement or some blessing. You understand what I'm saying? Just the peace of God. The peace of God. But see, if the enemy has his way in your life, you won't be in the peace of God. You'll be in fear. You'll be upset. And you'll be confused. Amen. That's not God's will, is it? For us to be confused. For us to be fearful, fretful, anxious. It's not. So if we can be in peace, we can be at rest. And if we can stay in that peace, we're staying in the presence of God. If we can stay in the presence of God, we'll have healing working in us. And through us. If we walk like that, hour after hour, day in, day out, it's going to have a restorative effect on our body and our minds. Amen. If the body is in the presence of God and the presence of peace, there's going to be healing and restoration. If the mind is kept in the peace of God, there's going to be clarity of thought and there's going to be rest. No confusion, no anxiety, no fear. I don't know about you, but I've learned through the years that when I have something that perplexes me, something that bothers me, I go to the Lord. Amen. I like to just, I just like to get by myself, shut the door and get quiet. I said, get quiet. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Get quiet. So many times folk run to here to there and talk to this one, talk to that one, discuss this and, you know, hash and rehash. Run to the Lord. He's your refuge. He's your shelter. Amen. And what the Bible said happened with those that wait on the Lord? They renew the strength. Is that right? Renew. Refresh. Amen. Well, what, how's that going to happen? Well, you see, as you wait on the Lord, as you magnify Him, 
He inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. And then in his presence is fullness of joy. You're refreshed. You're renewed. You're rejuvenated. The confusion goes. The darkness and oppression goes as the light and life of God manifests about you and within you. And you know one of the greatest keys to having that manifestation is getting your mind off of those things that distract and perplex and get your mind on Him. Can you say amen? Amen. Remember what He said? Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on Him for He trusteth in me. So like we've said before, if you don't have peace, if you're upset, confused, angry, bitter, doubtful, questioning, whatever, you don't have peace, you don't have joy, it's obvious you hadn't been keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. You've been having your mind on the wrong thing. You've been thinking about the wrong thing. And here's the fruit of what you've been thinking on. Don't care whether it's you, whether it's me, whoever it is, if we're full of confusion, full of anxiety and fear, we have not been keeping our minds stayed on the Lord. You understand? Because if you've been keeping your minds stayed on the Lord, what would you have? Peace. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. You know, you see that in the New Testament over in Philippians, the fourth chapter. He said, be careful for nothing. Is that right? One translation says, do not fret, have any anxiety about anything. He didn't say try to do that. He just said do it. Amen. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your heart and your mind, your mind, through Christ Jesus. Amen. And he didn't stop there. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Pure, honest, just, lovely, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. What did he say? Think on these things. See, he told you how to get to peace, and then before he finished, he told you how to keep it. Is that right? How do you get it? Refuse to worry, pray about it, turn it over to God and start thanking God for the answer. Amen. Now, if you do that and you get in faith and start thanking God, you'll get peace, won't you? But then, how, you know, if you don't do the right thing, you can lose that peace about as quickly as it came. How would you lose it? Thinking on the wrong things. And, of course, thinking and talking goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Thinking, talking, the wrong thing. But if you keep your mind stayed on those right things, things that are true and honest and just, somebody say, well, it's true. Yeah, but is it lovely? You understand what I'm saying? Well, it's true, yeah, but, but is it praiseworthy? Is it virtuous? You understand what I'm saying? See, it's got to, got to fit those criteria in order for it to be worthy of you meditating on it and talking it. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of things just don't fit that criteria, which means you ought not think about it and meditate on it, which means you have to control your mind and control your mouth. Right? You know, if we would just control our mind and our mouth, we would eliminate so many of our problems. <laughs> People blame it all on the devil. But the devil can't make you think something you don't want to think. The devil can't make you talk. All he can do is suggest it. 
All he can do is bring it to you, remind you of it. He can't make you think on it. He can't make you talk it. That's up to you. You understand? But if you keep your mind on the wrong thing and keep talking about the wrong thing, you're going to be upset. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be fretful. You're going to be confused, mad, upset, bitter, etc., etc. But if you keep your mind on the right thing, keep your mind on Him, keep your mind on what's true and honest and just, pure and lovely, and that which is a good report, not the bad report, good report. That which is virtuous, that which is praiseworthy, then that peace that you got, you'll keep. Amen. You just got to make up your mind. Nobody, nothing, no demon, no circumstance, no situation is going to rob me of my peace. It's my peace. Nobody can take it away. Amen. People can get upset, they can shout, they can rant, they can rave, they can talk, they can do, but my peace will remain intact. It's mine. Nobody can have it. Amen. You know how people get so mad at me? That they screamed at me and called me names. I just smiled and walked away. Now, oh yeah, you know, I mean, that'll play on you on it. I've had people write me letters. Called me everything but a Christian and a gentleman. <laughs> Tell me how far how, how how far off my teaching was. How bad it was. How injurious it was. How hurtful it was. You know? If I took every comment and every note and every letter and every phone call that had ever said anything negative against me, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> I'd have quit a long time ago. Are you with me? You know what I do though? Lord helped me, taught me. I mean, you had to do something, you know, to make it through. Taught me. For the first thing I do, something's negative, not complimentary, whatever. First thing I do is I look myself right straight in the eye about the issue and I say, uh, is that true? No matter how negative it is, is it true? And you've got to be honest with yourself. And even if somebody said it in the wrong spirit and the wrong way, is it true? And if it's true, make up your mind you're going to deal with it. Right? But then if it's not true, file it in number 13 and forget it. You know what number 13 I'm talking about? The trash can. And just go on. Forget it. Go on. If it's not true, don't let it get to you. You know the Bible said? Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Hmm. You love the word? I said, do you love the word? I tell you, if your heart is anchored enough in the Word of God, and you love the Word enough and above everything else, then no matter what comes up, you'll go to the Word. Amen. You'll go to the Word. And then whatever the Word says, you're, you're happy and satisfied with that. And anything anybody else says, pro or con, doesn't make much difference to you. Amen. Because you love the Word. Amen. If the word reproves you, you take it. 
Amen. But you love the Word. You stay with the Word. And if somebody's got something they want to tell you, fine. But they better have the Word. Amen. Not opinions, not theories. The Word. Amen. And listen to what he said. Great peace. Great peace. Have they which love thy law. Great peace. Great peace. You know, if we want to abide in the presence of God, like we were saying yesterday, we have to have things settled. And you know, there, there are three basic areas that we need to have things settled, or directions, I should say. First of all, we need to have things settled with God. We need to be at peace between ourselves and God. Is that right? That's number one. You know, we used to sing the old song, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Naught or nothing to prevent the least of His favor. You know, in Job it says, uh, uh, acquaint yourself with Him, talking about God, make peace with Him. Thereby good will come to thee. I've said it like this before. Make peace with the God of peace and you'll have the peace of God. Amen. Make peace with the God of peace and you'll have the peace of God. How many know what I'm talking about when I say make peace with God? I know that a lot of folk Christians, they're at odds with God. You see, they're at odds with Him. But see, nothing is going to be right when you're at odds with God. Nothing. And it's just not going to be right. I don't care. Other things can be all right, but you won't be able to enjoy it and it won't work out right for you. And your attitude won't be right. You won't act right toward other people. Just everything is off. It's out of harmony. It's out of balance because you are not right with God. I know some pastors were talking to me not too long ago asking me if I had any ideas about how to help them in a certain situation dealing with people. Certain persons and some things that were happening. And they were having so much trouble with them in their relationship. You know, they were just thinking relationship, you know, between them and, and this person. And while I was talking with them, I got a little light on, on what they were talking about. And I said to them, I said, well, I said, I don't know if you thought about it just like this or not. I said, but it may not be just so much your relationship with them as it is their relationship with God. You understand? Because, see, if their relationship is not right with God, then that's going to cause you problems between you and them. You understand? And sometimes folk are just working, working, working on this relationship, you know, horizontally between me and you, when that you never get that right until you get your relationship right with God. That's an answer to a lot of uh, situations as far as uh, husband-wife relationships. Mom, dad relationships, parent-child relationships, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, folk try to work on those, work on those, try to get them right. But uh, it's amazing how that if I pursue the Lord and you pursue the Lord, we wind up at the same place. You know what I'm saying? It's not me trying to conform to you and you trying to conform to me necessarily. If I'll conform to Christ and you'll conform to Christ, we wind up in the same place. Is that right? 
And see, when your relationship and fellowship with God's not right, you're not at peace with God, well, you're not going to have peace. You're not going to have His peace when you're not reconciled to Him. Heaven knows it doesn't pay to fight with the Lord. <laughs> it just it just doesn't pay. It doesn't work. You know, remember the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord? Remember that? Wrestled with him all night virtually. Well, when it was all said and done, who changed? Was it the angel of the Lord? Was it God that changed? No, Jacob got his name changed. Indicating a whole change in personality, a whole change in nature. Is that right? See, no, God doesn't change. And when folk are wrestling with him, it's not because they're, that he's going to change some way somehow. And the quicker the individual changes, the quicker the wrestling can be over. So a lot of times people struggle with things a long time just simply because it takes them a long time to make the adjustments to be at peace and reconcile with God. Go His way. See it His way. Think His way about it. Amen. Absolutely the truth. I've seen people just struggle, 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 and then finally, you know, agree with God and get peace. And think, man, I could have had this peace a long time ago. If I'd have just went his way. We could save ourselves a lot of problems if we'd just be quick to agree with him. Amen? Quick to, to be reconciled and be at peace with him. And you know, also, in, 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 we need to be at peace with God, but we also need to be at peace with ourselves, don't we? You know, folk hold things against themselves, don't they? Don't they? How I many understand what I'm talking about? You, you need to be at rest and at peace with yourself. With God, of course, and then with yourself. With yourself. Do you understand it's just as wrong for you to hold grudges against yourself as it is somebody else? It's just as wrong to refuse to forgive yourself as it is to refuse to forgive somebody else? It's just as wrong to stay bitter at yourself as it is to be bitter at somebody else. How many know the Bible teaches that you should love yourself? Does it or not? Is there anything in the Bible at all about loving yourself? <laughs> well, how about this verse? How about this verse? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. What if you don't love yourself? Well, your neighbor's in trouble. Is that, I mean, he said love your neighbor like you love yourself. What if you don't love yourself? And I, I assure you, if you don't love yourself, if you don't like yourself, you're not going to treat people right. Say what you want to. You won't treat people right because you'll have inhibitions and you'll have insecurities that'll make you see things wrongly and you'll read things into what people are saying. And you'll respond wrongly. Say what you want to. It's the truth. When folk are insecure and they don't like themselves and they don't, you know, they don't believe in themselves, you won't be much of a blessing to other people. And you won't respond to people properly and you won't treat people properly. To be the greatest blessing to others, you have to have a good image and, and, and esteem of yourself. And you have to like yourself. 
don't know if you've known that or not, but it's true. Amen. You, you have to have some, some confidence and a sense of, of worth and value. Now, where are you going to find all that? Not just looking at your past record. Where are you going to get all that? Well, glory to God, you are in Him. Is that right? And everything that He is has been made unto you. And what 1 Corinthians says, that He's been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. In Him, you're, you're worthwhile. His Spirit's in you. His mind's in you. You have the mind of Christ. His life is in you. He's given you His name. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit's in you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All these good things are in you. And the Bible said that you are to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. You're not supposed to run yourself down. If you miss it, yeah, admit it and deal with it. But you're not supposed to run yourself down. You're not supposed to knock yourself. A lot of folk apparently have never seen this, but it's so imperative, so important. You're not supposed to go around talking about how you're nothing and you can't do anything. Well, apart from Christ, no, you, you can't do anything. You don't know anything and have anything apart from Him, but you're not apart from Him. You're in Him, and He's in you, and in Him you are the righteousness of God, and in Him you can do all things. In Him. It's all in Him. But you gotta, you got to come to the place where you, you, you like yourself. If you don't like you, how can you expect other people to like you? You who know you best. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you've you got to like you even if other people don't like you. Some folk have a difficult time understanding some of these things. The only thing they can see is, well, man, you're cocky, you're egotistical, you're self-centered and what have you, you know. But I, I've actually, you know, I take this attitude with folk that really get contrary with me sometimes. And that, that doesn't happen a lot of times, you know. I mean, I can go a long time without having any problems with folk, but. You know what I'm saying? I think if you'll do things right, you'll avoid a lot of problems. But I mean, you know, you're going to have some conflicts here and there. But uh, I've had folk, you know, just, just in so many words, just, you know, say they didn't like me and they didn't like this and that. And I've as much as said to them, well, you just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Somebody said, that's so conceited. Is it? What am I talking about here? If you don't like yourself, you understand? I'm talking about having peace. Am I not? Yet you got a lot of people wishing they were somebody else. Man, they despise themselves. They don't like themselves. They don't like the way they are. They don't like anything about them. Well, acknowledge the things that are good. If there's something that's not good, change it. Amen. But don't go around all your life kicking yourself and not liking yourself. Life's too short. Amen. God didn't short you. He didn't give you a bad deal. You're a tremendous person if you just relax and be that wonderful person that you are. Amen. 
have some faith in the creation of God. God didn't create any duds. I mean, He created masterpieces. Is that right? I mean, you're something. You know, the devil will lie to you and tell you, oh, you're nothing, you're not worth anything, and you're this. Well, next time he starts some of that stuff with you, you just ask him, if I'm so worthless, how come God paid the price he did for me? Hmm? The most valuable quantity in all the universe and all time and eternity is the blood of Jesus Christ that contained the very life of God himself. And every last drop of it was paid for you and I. Now, God is not unwise. He doesn't pay that kind of a price for something that's worth nothing. Did you hear me? I'm not talking about trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars won't touch what I'm talking about. You understand? How much are you worth? You can't figure it on a calculator. Amen. Got to get at peace with yourself. If you've messed up, you got to ask God to forgive you and, and get at peace with Him. But then you got to go on. you got to forgive yourself. Get at peace with yourself. Amen. If you've, you've had some ways that weren't very good, well, make up your mind to make adjustments. But get, don't be at odds with yourself. Don't dislike yourself. Don't be against yourself. Because if you're against yourself, it's hard for anybody else to help you. You understand what I'm saying? I, I've seen folk bless their hearts. They had a lot of folk for them. They, God was for them. Their friends were for them. Their family was for them. They're encouraging them. They're all for them. And they're just constantly running themselves down. Well, I mean, you know, even if God Himself is for you, if you won't agree with Him, and you won't hook up with Him, you're against yourself. And guess who's going to hook up with you against yourself? The devil, the enemy. I mean, you know, you're beating yourself with a hammer going, I'm so terrible, I'm so no good, I'm such a flop, I'm so lousy, I'm such a poor Christian. And he'll say, ha, you don't know the half of it. He'll say, here, you know, use this hammer. And he'll give you a, a big sledgehammer. He'll say, you think you're lousy? Let me tell you how lousy you are. And I mean, by the time he, uh, you and he, you know, you and him get through with you, you're beat to, to nothing, you see. Destroyed. Not an ounce of confidence. Not an ounce of self-esteem. Not an ounce of security. And therefore, not much good to God or other people. Are you with me? Amen. I like what Brother Summerall said. Years ago, I heard him say it. You know, uh, uh, he, you know, he, he's definitely not looking to other people to decide what he thinks about himself. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, I think if you've heard him, been around him, you can tell. You know, he's got some things settled a long time ago. He believes God likes him. He likes him. And that's enough. <laughs> he said, he said one time, he said, other people's heads is no place to look for your happiness. <laughs> you know, no need looking in other people's heads to try to find your happiness. To see if they all approve of what they all think. Or You understand what I'm saying? Get it right with God. 
Get it right with yourself. And then enjoy. That's what we started out with this week, wasn't it? Amen. Enjoy life. The Bible talks about enjoying. Amen. And if you're a mind too, you can listen to that and listen to this and the other and you can think about this and think about that. What happened to this one? What happened to that one? What didn't happen for this one? What didn't happen for that one? What I've done? What I've messed up? And the devil can keep you in a cloud of confusion and depression constantly. But it's really more your fault because you're letting him do it. Is that right? No, we're Christians. We serve the God of peace. What should we have continually? Peace, peace, peace. Peace that passes understanding. Is that right? The Lord's presence is with us and in us. And He gives us rest. And He gives us peace. Amen. Be at peace with God. Be at peace with yourself. Now, if you've done that, man, you're a long ways down the road. And the next one will be much easier for you, which is, as you would probably suppose, be at peace with other people. But do you see why I said these two first? See, a lot of times folk are trying to work at being at peace with other people, and they got problems in these first two areas, you see. So you can work on that and work on that, but you've got to get these solved. Get at peace with God. Pray. Seek God. Seek what He said in His Word about your situation. Whatever. Get it settled. Get at peace with Him. Get at peace with yourself. Forgive yourself. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. See yourself through God's eyes. In fact, it won't hurt you. You know, ask Him. You know, remind yourself. Ask the Lord to help you see yourself the way He sees you. Amen? I mean, right now. Right now. Say, Lord God. I ask you, in the name of Jesus Christ, help me to see myself through your eyes. Help me to see my value, my worth through your eyes. How do you see me? How should I see myself? Reveal it to me. Show it to me. And I won't talk anything else. I'll agree with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, you know how he sees you, don't you? He sees you through Christ. Is that right? That's how he sees you. So the more you look at him, the more you're going to see yourself. Because you're in him. He's in you. That's how the Father sees you. Through him. But if you're at peace with God, and if you're at peace with yourself, then the other area to deal with is being at peace with other people. And the Bible said, you know, as much as, as lies with you, or we could say as much as depends on you, be at peace with all men. I mean, in other words, if it was all left up to you, you'd be at peace with everybody. Is that right? Now here... Here is a thing, and the Lord been dealing with me about this just recently. I remember several years ago, Brother Copeland was, was ministering on some things, and he said the Lord spoke to him. He was, he was communing with the Lord, and he said the, that he was asking the Lord, Lord, what's, what's one of the biggest problems 
that we uh, as Christians face and deal with, that we could change, that we could do something about. Of course, we know the enemy is against us, but, you know, so many of our problems are not even the devil. It's us. Did you, did you know that? Anyway, uh, he said the Lord spoke to him, and he said, it's your dogged, and when he said you, he's talking about the whole body of Christ, it's your dogged determination to correct one another. That's interesting, isn't it? Your dogged determination to correct one another. You know, we've got to make allowances, don't we? I know uh, when I first started in ministry, I don't know, I was a lot more, how shall I say, uh, a lot more, I guess, judgmental. Uh, criticize things a lot more. And when I say criticize, I, that's not even necessarily the best word because maybe just judging things that didn't pertain to me. The Bible said judge nothing before the time. Is that right? I, and maybe, let me say it like this, maybe I, I felt like, you know, that I needed to have an opinion on this. Everything that come up, I needed to have an opinion on it. That's really a better way of saying what I'm trying to say. Not that you're necessarily trying to find fault. You just figured, well, I have to make a, an opinion. I have to, you know. And, and the more I learn and grow, the less I feel like I do. I have a lot more live and let live attitude. But hey, I'm not your master, and I'm not your judge. Amen. Yeah, but it's wrong. Yeah, well, that's you. Yeah, but the, this is wrong or that's wrong. That doesn't mean I'm responsible to go straighten it out even if it is wrong. Did you hear me? And a lot of times you just have to kind of back off and say, well, I don't know whether that's wrong or not. That's between them and God. They'll have to work out their own salvation. Doesn't mean you don't care, but it means you don't feel like you're some Holy Ghost policeman that has to go around and straighten everybody out. Do you know the Bible talks about minding your own business? It does. I preached a whole sermon one time in, in a place. That was my title of my message. Mind your own business. And I don't mean I had two verses. I mean I had a lot of scripture. Mind your own business. The Bible talks about you being diligent, staying busy with your own affairs, and not sticking your nose in other people's business. Some of those Greek words that is translated in some of those phrases, it means being busy, busy around in other people's business, and really not taking care of your own. And I guarantee you that's the case. Folks trying to straighten everybody else out, they're not taking care of their own business. Because I don't know about you, but it, you know, it's, it's somewhat of a full-time job <laughs> keeping your business straight. <laughs> Amen. And it's easy for you to live at peace with other people if you don't feel like that you have to form an opinion on everything they say and everything they do and that you have to judge everything they say and everything they do. You understand? That's them. I'm so glad I am not the Savior. I am not the judge of the earth. I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to decide about everybody. I don't have to judge. Well, that's right. That's wrong. This is this. I don't have to do that. What I need to do is live right myself. Amen. I got to judge myself. Take care of myself. 
Amen. You know, in the last several years, I don't know how many times the folk have said, well, what do you think about this, Brother Keith? And a lot of times they'll say, well, I don't really have an opinion on it. They'll look at you like, well, sure you do. Sure you do. No, no, uh-uh. We'd like to know your opinion. Well, I don't have anything to say. Well, I'm sure you thought about it. Well, no, you're wrong. I've learned how. That when it doesn't pertain to me, just close the door on that, clink. And every time that comes up, ah, I'm not thinking about that. It doesn't pertain to me. You know, one time Brother Hagin said he had experience with the Lord. And among other things, he had some real questions about certain things. And he said the Lord told him concerning that thing, he said, don't ever touch it again in thought life. See, sometimes we think we've got to figure everything out, you see. We've got to nail it down, get answers, and form an opinion. And ju- No, a lot of things you don't. A lot of things just don't pertain to you. You don't have to answer for it. You're not responsible for it. Can you say amen? amen. I don't know about you, but you get a hold of that one, take a load off of it. Load you shouldn't have there to begin with. I'm not responsible for what everybody says and does. It's enough responsibility for everything I say and do. Uh, it's enough, enough of a job keeping up with what I say and do. Answering for that. Being responsible for that. Can you say amen? Being at peace with other people. Being at peace. Being at peace. You know, not, nothing is worth losing your peace over. Is it? It's not worth going around upset. Going around been out of shape with somebody because of something they did to you, something they said, something they acted, something they didn't do, something you thought they should have done. It's just not worth it. And where God is concerned, He's stable. You can always be sure what He's going to do, what He's going to say. He never has a bad day. He never messes up. He's perfect. But if it has two legs, two arms, and eyes, and breathes, you really never know. I don't care whether it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your friend, your fellow minister. Human beings can do and say about anything. You know one way we know that's for sure? Let's look it up. (laughs) Have you ever done anything that just right, I mean, two minutes after you did it, you thought, man, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Oh, boy. Now, that was a bad move. Bad move. Hmm? And wouldn't you appreciate it if folk didn't just judge your whole life based on that? <laughs> They'd give you another chance to say, look, man, <clears throat> I don't know what I was doing that day, but I just, I messed up. But that's not really me. And I've had folk that just absolutely get irritated at me because I just keep would keep extending what, what we might call the benefit of the doubt.
to people. <laughs> and yet the Bible said you're supposed to be you're supposed to be wise concerning good, but concerning evil you're supposed to be simple. I mean, it's, you know, somebody comes and slaps you in the face. Pow! You ought to look and say, did they trip on something in their <laughs> hand fell across my face? <laughs> somebody said, that's being naive, Brother Keith. It's being simple. This is being stupid. Are you listening to me? I've had folk before, you know. So, you know, somebody said something, they did something. It was obvious. It was, it was a, it was a jab. It was a, it was a remark aimed at you, focused at you. And, and, and somebody asked you, uh, you got what they were saying, didn't you? I said, well, maybe they meant to. Oh, you know they didn't mean that. I said, well, maybe they did. You, you know, do you know their mind? Do you know their heart? Oh, Brother Keith, don't be ignorant. You know what? I said, look, I don't know. You don't know. End of conversation. And I said, well, that's just being ignorant. Yeah, but I keep my peace. And I've enjoyed good health. Year after year. I like it. I want to stay with it, okay? So if I'm ignorant, just leave me alone because I'm healthy and happy. You can, you can realize and note every little barb and every little thing if you want to, but I assure you it'll cause you problems. You can show people how sharp and clear and alert you are. Hey, I picked that up. I caught that. That's exactly what you did. You caught it, and it's sticking in your craw, and it'll fester in there, and it'll cause you problems. What you got to learn is to deflect it. That wasn't meant for me. Here comes another. Ah, that's not for me. They must have met somebody else. Amen. Somebody said not. Had your name on it. Must be another Keith. I said, you're just ignorant. Yeah, I'm healed. Leave me alone. I said, what if they just come to you and just tell you? I don't like you. I don't like what you do. You just, I already told you to answer that one. You don't know me. You knew me. You like me. I already gave you the answer to that one. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about love. And the Bible said love covers a multitude of sins. A multitude. Love can see all kind of ugly stuff and it just, it covers it over. Somebody said, do you see all that ugly sin? What sin? What are you talking about? Well, are you blind or what? No, love covers. Can you say amen? And love heals. And faith works by love. Are you with me? And if you walk in love, you keep in the commandment of the New Testament. And if you walk in love and keep in the commandment, then you'll be at peace with God. And you'll have the peace of God. And you'll stay in the presence of God. Amen. You know, how many understand that love is the New Testament command? Let me share this with you and then we'll, we'll close. Brother Hagin said years ago, 
he uh, was ministering in a certain place, another state. And these friends of his, minister friends of his, they had a, uh, had a little daughter. She was a few years old. And she had had terrible problems with epilepsy. And it had gotten worse and worse. And she had, uh, it was affecting her mind. You could tell it had dulled her considerably. And she'd go into these terrible seizures. And he was in the area, and they asked him if he'd come by, lay hands on her, pray for her, before he left. And so he knew him. He said, yeah, he would. And as he was in the car going over there to uh, this, uh, this person's house, these people's house, he said the Lord spoke to him in the car. And told him, said, now when you get there, don't you pray for the child, don't lay hands on the child. This is what you do. He said, uh, and, he, and he said the Lord brought to his remembrance how much trouble this uh, woman had had with her in-laws. Are you listening? And how much, you know, they, they had fought and just, you know, virtually hated each other and a whole bunch of things there. And he said the Lord reminded him of scriptures. You see, under the old covenant, God had covenanted with, covenanted with his people to be their healer. You remember that, don't you, over in Exodus? You know, if you walk with me and keep my statutes, then I'll be Jehovah Rapha. I'll be the Lord, your healer. I'll be the Lord that healed you. Not just that one place, but in Exodus and Deuteronomy, again and again. But it always started out like this. If, if you keep my commandments, if you walk in my statutes, if you obey me, then I'll take all these sicknesses out of the midst of you. And the number of your days I'll fulfill. I mean, now you'll see that kind of language several times in the Old Covenant. And he said the Lord ministered to him that the principle is the same, even though we're not in the Old Covenant, the principle is the same in the New Covenant. But instead of saying, if you keep his commandments and walk in his statutes, all the law, the New Testament says, is fulfilled in what? In the love law, the love command. All the law is fulfilled in that command to love. Amen? Love works no ill to his neighbor, therefore loves the fulfilling of the law, Romans says. So if you walk in love, then under you're, you're fulfilling your obligations in the new covenant to be a recipient in position to receive all the blessings. I mean, if you had to pick one thing, that's going to be, you know, one of the greatest keys and bearing on whether you walk in health or not. This would be it right here. Love. Someone say, well, faith. Yeah, but see, faith won't even work without love. Faith works by love. You understand? And if you want to be healthy and you want to walk in health, then you just have to, you have to love people. And you have to walk in love. You can't be mean. You can't be ugly. You can't hold grudges. You can't hold bitterness in you because it will affect you. It'll keep your faith from working. It'll open the door to the enemy. Did you hear me? And see, folk, folk have missed it in this area as much as any. You know, the, the great passages that we talk so much about, Mark 11, 23 and 24, about exercising your faith through saying, exercising your faith through praying. The very next verse, what does it say? And when you stand praying, forgive. Is that right? I mean, right there in the, in the faith portions of Scripture, you see, forgive. So anyway, he told, he, he said, the Lord told him, he said, don't, don't lay hands on the child. Don't pray for the child. He said, you just go in and tell this mother what I've told you. And tell her to say this. 
tell her to say, you know, to forgive uh, any problems that had happened in the past with her in-laws and what have you, and to say this, say, uh, devil, I'm walking in love. I'm fulfilling the New Testament command. You take your hands off my child. You don't have any right to, to, to do this. You take your hand off my child. I'm walking in love. So under the old covenant, if you kept the law, the enemy had no right, you see. God was going to keep you and keep you healed. Under the New Testament, the principle is the same, but you've got to walk in love. By walking in love, you fulfill all the, all the law. So he said he went there and they were there and he told them what the Lord said. And that they, they agreed that that was right. And so he told them what to do. And he said, just about the time they were talking about it, the girl went into a seizure. Well, that's just like the devil. Went into a seizure right there, you see. You know, just in convulsions and what have you. And so he told, he told the mother, he said, do it. Do it right now. Do it. So she stood up and she said, she said Satan, I'm walking in love. I'm keeping a new command. You take your hand off of my daughter. You have no right. Take your hands off of my daughter. I'm walking in love. He said, just like that, it stopped. Just like that, the seizure stopped. And said, you could tell, after the child got up, you could tell the child's eyes had changed. There was, there was, you could see more intelligence there. There was a clarity. And the child went on, caught up in her, in her grade of school, and just was a beautiful child. No problems after that. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Results. You know something's right. Amen. So we're talking about peace. There's healing in the peace of God. But if you're going to have that peace and you're going to walk in that peace, then you've got to be at peace with God. You've got to be at peace with yourself. And you've got to be at peace with other people. And if you do that and walk in that peace, there's healing in that peace. There's healing. There's rest there. And when you're in that rest, you're in faith. And when you walk in faith, you walk in life. When you walk in love, you're keeping the New Testament command. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody does or doesn't do. You just absolutely refuse to let it barb you and get you. You're not going to hold the least bit of ill will or animosity toward anybody. Amen. If for no other reason, do it for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Now, sometimes you, you have to put your flesh on her to do it. You understand? And you have to remind yourself again and again, no, can't think about that, can't talk about that, I've forgiven them. That's it. We've released it. Amen. Do you know, forgiveness in, in the Scriptures is likened unto releasing of debt. Do you know that? And I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's a great illustration. Forgiveness is likened and compared in the New Testament as well as the Old. Jesus used parables toward that end. Remember, he talked about the man, you know, that owed a fellow, you know, in the millions of dollars, and then his fellow servant owed him about fifteen or twenty dollars. Remember that whole day? He's talking about forgiveness there, isn't he? Let's say that that, you know that a a person, this person right here, owed me a thousand dollars. Let's just say. And I've got the, we had a note, you see. He signed the note, I owe you $1,000, I'll pay you back, whatever the terms were. And I, and, I, and I say, well, I hold up this piece of paper, and I say, I tear it up, and I say, you don't owe me that anymore. I got the power to do that, don't I? If he owed it to me, it was coming to me, 
then I could tear that up and I say, no, this is no more. Throw it in the trash can. You don't owe me. I release you from that debt. That's real, isn't it? You see, when when people are hurt and offended and, and are harboring some unforgiveness or whatever against somebody, then they feel like they owe you something. Is that right? Well, they owe me an apology. They owe me an explanation. They owe me. They hurt me. They cause me problems. They upset me. They owe me. You see, it boils down to that. But when you forgive somebody, what do you do? You tear it up and you say, you don't owe me anything. Yeah, but they did. I don't care. They said, the fellow really owed you $1,000. He did owe it to you. But now he doesn't. Is that right? You know, they owe me an apology. Oh, they owe me this. Yeah, and you can hold that note and get sick as a result. Lose your peace. Is it worth it? No. It's not worth it. Just release it. And I'm not telling you something I hadn't had to do. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Some things bother you worse than other things. You with me? The enemy will follow you around and poke and prod till he finds something that bugs you. So something that bugs you might not bug me as bad. Something that gets to me might not bother you so much. But the devil will poke around until he finds your sore spot. You understand? And then when he finds it, he'll poke, 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 poke. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to get to you. And some things bother you worse than others. But I don't care what it is. Principle the same. You can't let it get to you because it costs you. Can you say amen? Now, I didn't intend to say all this today, but we did nonetheless. Amen. And I'm not taking it back. I think it's right. We're all going to stay happy and heal. Stay at peace with God. Peace with ourselves. Peace with one another. Folk don't like us. We're going to love them anyway. Amen. We're going to love the Lord. We're going to love ourselves. We're going to love other people. Amen. 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 If they if they run up a, a debt, you know, <laughs> we're just going to tear it up and say, Amen. you don't owe me anything. Because when you release them, you release yourself. You do. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.